0: Invite you to join with me in prayer dear Heavenly Father from the Psalms how majestic is your name in all the earth the heavens declare the glory of God the skies proclaim the work of his hands thank you for bringing us into your presence now Lord help us to draw closer to you in these uncertain times to look to your scripture for our path and direction you are our rock and our redeemer. You do not change. We take comfort knowing you are sovereign. You are in control of the world and the coronavirus. We ask that you provide a cure for this disease and pray for people's lives to be spared. Father, we repent of our sins for not listening to your commands and following our own way. We turn over every area of our lives to you now. We pray for your Holy Spirit to fill us powerfully, to give us wisdom and create in us a desire and longing to serve and please you. Help us to stay connected with each other. Help our senses not to be dulled as we face the challenges of utilising technology in our homes. Whilst we are looking forward to seeing our church family in person, Lord, some of us may be feeling anxious about coming out of isolation, going back to work, our activities, and maybe dealing with difficult people in our lives. Help us to put our trust in you as you lead us. We thank you for the tech team, the musos and the pastors who work so tirelessly to record our services so that we can all feel connected in our gatherings. Please give our leadership team a spirit of wisdom and discernment as they make plans for our church meeting physically again. Give us all grace and patience for the changes we will face. Protect our pastors and their families and keep them close to you. We are thankful, Lord, for the many people who responded to the church survey and on the very positive feedback received. Please enable us to continue and complete the second survey about the way we organise our services and create an environment that feels safe and warm for everyone. From the book of numbers the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in the precious name of our lord and savior jesus christ we commend all of this prayer to you amen well good morning
1: um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Kathy. I usually go to the Saturday night service, um, but it's my great blessing to be here with you this morning uh, to, read from, uh, to do the most important thing that we do at Soul Revival, which is to read from God's Word. Uh, today we're starting a new series in Proverbs, and um, if you'd like to take your Bibles or your Bible app and open it up to Proverbs, fittingly we're starting in Chapter 1. So... Uh, So Proverbs 1, verses 1 to 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline.
2: Well, hello friends, it's great to be with you today. Uh, My name's Paul, and it's my pleasure to start looking at a whole new series with you um, as we look at the book of Proverbs, just the very first part of that book. But before I do with that, um, let me ask you, ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself in the surf being pulled by a strong undertow? You know that feeling. Um, you're out in the waves having a great time bobbing over the waves and after a little while you look back over your shoulder and you go, ooh, I've actually drifted a fair way down the beach. And you haven't even noticed that, that, that toe, until you turn around and start working against it and think, whoa, there's actually quite a a big effort to get back. And you have to work back and work back and work back. And then if you can get back between the flags, then you're mindful of how much effort it takes just to stay still in that spot and to stay in the safe spot. Living in the world as a Christian um, is like swimming against a strong tide. The world is always trying to squeeze us into its mould. Uh, more than we would realise. And the book of Proverbs comes here at our time of need uh, as a help to us, because it's teaching us practical wisdom as we live in this world. It's a type of wisdom that's actually just so lacking in today's culture. We live in a world that's addicted to the shallow image over real substance, to just the sound bite rather than sustained argument. Our world prefers the quick fix rather than the in-depth uh, and the long term. And isn't it oh so easy? Just oh so easy for Christians and the church to simply mirror the trivialized mind of our age. And Proverbs calls a spade a spade. It says that type of thinking is foolish. The call of Proverbs is simple. Embrace wisdom and reject foolishness. And so with that, that begs the question, how do we stand against the tide? How can we foolproof our life? And the good news is that you can be transformed. With God inside us, he can transform us from the inside out. So with that in mind, why don't we pray to that end? Let's start by praying to God that he would help us to change and become more wise. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. Uh, we do admit that it's just so easy to drift with the tide and to drift away from you. And so as we come before your word today, Lord, we pray that you would give us hearts to obey, to not be simply hearers of your word and then ignore it, but to, but to change and to follow you uh, and your wise teaching in all that we do. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Proverbs, as I said, is a helpful book in more ways than one and it starts by just explaining exactly what it's all about. So have a look at verse 2 here on the screen. Verse 2, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and improving behaviour, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion, to the young. So what we have here is a, a portrait of wisdom. It's a it's a whole bunch of words unpacking what wisdom looks like. One way you could describe it is the book opens up by breaking down the plain light of wisdom into a rainbow of colors. Remember that experiment you ever done at school? The spectrum experiment where you get plain white light coming in one side and, and the prism breaks up light into its rainbow of colours. It's a great image, isn't it? The book simply doesn't say, there is wisdom and there is foolishness. Now choose wisdom. It helps us out by saying, let's unpack practical wisdom. Let's have a look what wisdom is made up of. And so as we move back again to uh, the first opening verses, uh, we see firstly the word instruction. There in verses 2 and 3. Now elsewhere in the Bible, this word is going to be used in connection with correction. Um, And we all need that, don't we? We all need correction because at some time or other we're going to find ourselves drifting from the right path, the path that God wants us to walk. And as I said earlier, I mean, there's a strong tide seeking to pull us astray. The word instruction uh, is also being translated as discipline in some other translations. And that's picking up the idea that wisdom is something that's hard won. Um, It's the sense of being in control of yourself. So picture the athlete. They're someone that needs to have mastery over themselves. They have to be careful and self-control about what they eat um, and how they train and exercise. They have to have mental toughness to get up and do that day after day after day. I mean, that's discipline. And so we start to see the practicality of wisdom here instruction is not just information it's the truth applied to life it doesn't come by just listening just listening to lectures but actually by the practice of discipline by putting a real effort into staying on the right path then we come to another color of wisdom we see it there in verse 3 it's picked up in the phrase prudent behavior now another way you could say this is wise dealings And it begs the question, well, why do we need to do that? And it's answered right there in the verse. It's so that we might be able to act rightly, to do what is right and just and fair. You know, when Solomon was right at the very beginning of his rule, God offered him the ultimate blank check. God asked him this. He said, ask me for whatever you want me to give you. Ask me for whatever you want me to give you. Man, the God of the universe asks you that. That is what I call a blank check. Now, on screen here, we've actually got how Solomon answered from 1 Kings chapter 3. He said this Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. Well, what an answer to the blank check. Help me to be wise. Help me to be discerning. That's what wise dealing is. Help me to be, have a discerning heart. Why? Because so he would know how to act in a right way, a just way, a fair way. And in verse 4, as we read on, we see expanding, we continue to expand on the concept of prudence. And here we're picking up the idea of being shrewd. And this is an idea that's closely related to discretion. It's the power to form plans. It's the idea of thinking things through and making careful decisions. And making sure those decisions are seen right through to the completion. A shrewd person is someone who knows the ropes. And so they're not going to be haphazard in what they do. They're going to be able to make wise, strategies. So again we see the building pattern. Biblical wisdom is more than just simply being smart and knowing stuff. Wisdom is making the right use of the facts. Wisdom is about being street smart and making wise choices based on that. It's knowing what to do next. As I said, there's a big difference there between knowing stuff and being wise. Take the story of Jim Fix. Now, here's Jim Fix, I didn't make up his name, he's a real guy. <laughs> in America, um, he was the inescapable face of jogging in the 1970s, a real guru. He was on TV commercials everywhere, he wrote best-selling books about jogging like The Complete Book of Running. He was a real expert on jogging and running. In 1984, he went out for a jog He fell down dead of a heart attack. It turned out that Jim had a serious cholesterol problem. And it just isn't wise to combine jogging and clogged arteries. It's not wise at all. Jim knew a lot about jogging, quite the expert, but he didn't integrate those facts and that knowledge into an effective life strategy moving forward prudence doesn't want us to be jogging with the cholesterol problem so prudence is making wise judgments in light of the future having an eye for what is coming what's ahead and so well there it is a very brief portrait of wisdom and as we've seen there's there's a few of its different colors we've seen how practical wisdom is it's not something Mysterious. It's not something that can only be attained after years and years of meditation on top of a mountain. Biblical wisdom is worked out in everyday life. It's discipline. It's taking control of our everyday lives. It's careful planning for the future. It's developing discretion so we'll know what is right and just and fair. Wisdom is truth applied to life. And so we see that wisdom is not just the accumulation of knowledge. Uh, we've seen that you could be very smart, uh, but not very wise. And this is clearly picked up in the key verse of Proverbs, really, in chapter 1, verse 7, here on the screen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So again, the big question is, do you want to be wise? Well, the fear of the Lord is what comes first. It's where you start. It's what is of greatest importance. The phrase that the fear of the Lord comes at the very end of the book as well. So this whole concept is like a, a bookend to the whole collection of wisdom. Now the fear that's being spoken of here in this verse is not to be thought of as um, you know, craven terror, fear like uh, horror. Now here it's an attitude, an attitude of proper awe and reverence. Respect for the infinite God who makes and keeps his promises. In other words, the fear of the Lord is actually really letting God be God in our lives. And so there's this very strong link between wisdom and a right relationship with God. But friends, the starting point is with God and his word. The starting point is with God and his character, his truth. That is what's going to open up the path to wisdom. It's not going to start with my bright ideas, my biases, my my preferences. It starts with God. And so as we approach Proverbs, our hearts will either soften or harden. To the Word of God. And that will reveal ourselves to be either wise or foolish as we respond to God's revelation. And as we read on through uh, Proverbs, there's going to be so much teaching, teaching by contrast. And this verse is no different. If wisdom is knowing who to respect and knowing where to place ourselves in relationship to God, foolishness is the opposite. Foolishness is not simply the refusal to learn, but to despise learning. Fools are not those who cannot learn. Fools are those who will not learn. And that's how a young child can be more wise than a university professor. You know, the professor might be very clever and know a lot of stuff, but if they don't acknowledge God and humbly come before him, well, they're the fool in the eyes of Proverbs. And the young child might not know very much. They might know very little. But if they humbly call on God, well, then they are wise. Well, okay. We've unpacked wisdom just a little bit. And we have the key attitude to using it properly. But is that all? Is that all for us today? Well, no. Today there is another key, another ingredient to understanding and applying the book of Proverbs. And for that we need to look back to verse 1. I've got to hear verse 1 again on screen for you. Starts out by talking, these are the Proverbs of Solomon. Who was Solomon? Solomon, the, the son of David, the king of Israel. Solomon is the great champion of wisdom in the Old Testament. He ruled over Israel during its golden age, a time where it was, had great prosperity and great peace. And it's a time when Solomon developed schools of wisdom and learning. Remember his prayer, his request to God? Can you give me a discerning heart? Well, God answered in abundance. In 1 Kings chapter 4, 29, it says this on the screen. God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore. Now that's pretty immense. Later in 1 Kings, it talks about Solomon, how he spoke over 3,000 proverbs. He described plant life, taught about animals, birds, reptiles and fish. Guy was, knew a fair bit of stuff. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? Over the last couple of years, we've been walking through um, the Old Testament and often the picture of Israel we've seen has been very bleak. It was often weak and enslaved. It was homeless and vulnerable. But in Solomon's time, uh, Israel is now a great kingdom and sought out by the nations as a great source of wisdom. And so in 1 Kings chapter 10, actually see one of the high points of the Old Testament is the Queen of Sheba seeks out Solomon, seeks out God's king. And in the Bible there is this um, tight connection between Solomon and wisdom and it's developed more broadly into the connection between God's king and wisdom. So if you lived in Solomon's time and you wanted to get real insight into life, if you wanted to know how you could best live life, well you would go to Solomon, you would go to God's appointed king. He was the one from whom wisdom would come. Now the tragedy is the vast majority of kings that followed Solomon were complete duds. And Solomon himself, well, he dropped off pretty quickly himself as well. But the Old Testament doesn't give up on this connection between God's king and wisdom. Have a look at the way Isaiah looked forward to God's king. chapter 11 verse 2 I've got it here on screen and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him that's God's King the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord this coming King will know what's what in life he'll know what proverb to reach for he'll know to foolproof your life. So it's no surprise, isn't it, when Jesus steps onto centre stage in history, that wisdom simply oozes out of him. That's one of the reasons why people flock to him. Yes, they were flocking to him to be healed and they they were in awe of the miracles, but they also knew he had so much to say. Men and women, boys and girls, they would keep seeking Jesus out all the time, asking for help, asking for advice, asking for direction. Now listen to how Jesus himself speaks from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said this, the Queen of the South, remember her? She will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear wisdom of Solomon. And behold... Someone greater than Solomon is here. I mean, that's an extraordinary thing for Jesus to say. Jesus is saying, do you remember that Solomon guy? How wise he was? I'm better. And this is taking us to a special place. This is taking us to a special place on how to foolproof our life. See, the purpose of the book of Proverbs is to help us to live life well. And it's going to bring before us lots and lots of observations about life. And we've been told the key attitude of humility before God that's gonna help us to understand and apply these proverbs. But now in the light of Jesus, we see that the key to foolproofing our life is linked to God's King. Wisdom, instruction, prudence, and learning they'll all, they'll all flow from God's King. To put it more simply, Jesus Christ knows best. Jesus knows the best all the time. It's so simple, but also so profound, the profound of the effect that he can have on our life. A mate of mine, he worked in a big finance company. They restructured, He was offered a payout to leave, he was open to change and it was a good amount of money. So he was able to pursue his passion and open a music store. Now during this time his life was a lot more flexible and he wanted to follow the command of Jesus to seek first the kingdom of God. He wanted to do that seriously. So he carved out a day of the week to devote to church when he could catch up with someone to read and pray when he could prepare a sermon, perhaps on the odd occasion, where he could help out more with music and youth, or he could just be available to serve and encourage. Well, as you know, the retail scene was changing rapidly. Now, Thankfully, he managed to sell up and get out just at the right time. He was able to walk straight back into a finance job, no problems. But he set a condition He said he wanted to work a four day week. Company said, well, we've got no problem with that. Just means 20% pay cut in wages. He said, no worries, I'll take it. Now my mate, what he did, it's not rocket science, but I reckon Proverbs would describe my mate's choices as being wise. Prudent and discerning. All of it was simply doing what God's King had said to do put first the kingdom of God. So, do you want to foolproof your life? Just start by doing what Jesus says to do. Why on earth would we not do that? For even though Solomon's wisdom and understanding were beyond measure, how much greater is the wisdom? and understanding of Jesus. Jesus is the giver of true wisdom. And it's important to hold on to that because to the ears of the world, much of what Jesus has to say sounds completely foolish. Jesus' teaching on self-restraint and servanthood, the priorities of the kingdom, well, they're just so totally countercultural. Take a 20% pay cut, To help work for church? How crazy is that? When we look to Jesus, we see the wisest man of all. So turn to him, humble yourself before him, he will guide you, he will keep you on the right path and will lead you into life everlasting.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Uh, just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings at the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Thanks again, and one way. Music is OK by Ixer.